0: you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks! Hi friends, it's Sarah May and this is an episode for... A listener, and uh, you wrote to me a while ago, but I'm hoping this answers your question. It's all about forgiveness and basically what it is, what it isn't, and how to do it, and why do it at all. So it's a toughie. It's like a it's one of those things that you can want for yourself, but it's like a whole other thing to actually do it. It's a big topic and a big. Um, differentiator in life because it guides a lot of what you believe about yourself and about others about the world about love about people relationships and I've said this before but truly the reason to forgive is for yourself because it's kind of like being stabbed and then keeping the knife in your body it's an intrusion and it will prevent you from fully using that area and relaxing into it and having access to it. So it's something only you can choose for yourself and decide if you want it or know if you're ready to do it. And it's also something only appropriate in certain situations. So it comes from starting with the pure and genuine goal to forgive and having that for the right reasons, and that requires you have all the practical information at hand. For example, you might want to forgive your ex for breaking your heart, but you can't really force that until you are you're done processing, till you've accepted and integrated and actually physically moved on. Another example of a situation that might be best um, not for forgiveness, but for something other, like another version of forgiveness is if you've been chronically abused. That's a situation when we're more likely to blame ourselves or internalize it. So it's actually better to lean into the anger and own the, the feelings of uh, hating the other person. And that's just where your, your healing starts. And when it comes to other deep wounds, when we prematurely choose to forgive, it's often because some part of us wants to skip over the pain of confrontation and doesn't want to look at how bad we really hurt. So when we want to forgive because the emotions associated with a certain event bring us below the level of who we know we are, I think that is a mature and powerful and positive decision. And it's something it's a one that you make from your highest self. And that's something you actually get to choose to align yourself with who you know you want to be despite something that kind of fucked you up. So, I want to do with this what I want to do with this episode is really just pose that invitation to you in a way that might get you closer to the reality of processing something or forgiving something or knowing where you need to place a hurt from your past that's maybe still plaguing you. So with that, there are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. Part one, the what. Forgiveness or the act of releasing blame and hurt around a wrong done to us. Like making peace with something despite the fact that it sucks ass. And it can also be thought of as owning or taking control of feelings that hurt you. So this could be something you do around an event that happened or an act done by another person or ourselves. It could be the fact that you acted in a way that didn't result in what you wanted or it hurt you. So if you hurt yourself, that can be one of the most haunting types of experiences because it's like it becomes this self-flagellation tool. It gets pulled out whenever you feel shame. And I would like to offer also a different version of forgiveness. I will call it reclaiming and or processing, which I would say is pretty much just the process of reinterpreting an act and, um processing it so you can own your story without that thing hijacking you or making you victim to it or allowing it to redefine your life story or who you are basically making sense of this thing in the wisest context possible and that can be important when it comes to situations of abuse like if you had a family member who abused you And in those cases, it can be kind of the hardest thing to acknowledge and face up to the horror. So to push yourself to forgive would be kind of backwards in the face of something that, like, really requires you activate and protect and and use your body. I find that anger is more helpful for stuff like that, at least as a starting point for healing. But, you know, there are different schools of thought even on that. So I would say, here's the thing about forgiveness. It's to start the process, you have to want to do it, even if that means you simply want it from a logical and far-off distant objective perspective. Like, you're not there yet. It just starts with wanting to let go of something. It's that goal. And some things are unforgivable, but there can be a, another option of just choosing not to hold on to hate anymore. It doesn't mean you have to say, I forgive you and this is okay. It, means, it just means you can say, I'm putting this down. I'm now owning this experience and I'm placing it into a healthier context for myself. Which just releases this thing from mattering to you anymore in a hurtful light. So if you're in a state of pain that is causing your life to get stunted or causing you to kind of grow around certain areas and you don't know if you can possibly ever forgive, then just start here. Just start with curiosity and the inkling of a goal because you can always work toward the goal and then choose at the end of that road not to forgive and instead just to change how you feel about it. It's just allowing a door to remain open for something to be malleable in your own mind. So just for that to be allowed to be a possibility that you might consider is where I would start. And in order to process something that really fucked you up and not let it hurt you anymore, you kind of have to actually acknowledge it and feel the hurt and honor it, and, like, know the scale of it. And in many, in many processing, m- versions of processing, you have to in some way feel validated in that pain. Um, and there are other ways that people process things. Like, people that go through awful, terrible, chronic trauma don't do that. They, they do different things. And I don't know those things, but I know that's a specialized way of dealing Because you can't relive it and you can't a lot of the times you can't actually find somebody who can help you relive it because it's like it's it's so incredibly painful. But when it comes to, I would say, the non worst case scenario types of uh, experiences, forgiveness kind of starts with honoring what happened to you and honoring what hurt you from a safe and kind of controlled vantage point. So I think that's best done with the help of a professional. But there are other ways, too. For example, EMDR is one of the ways that um, people deal with it if they've had, like, chronic trauma. And its I've heard really good things. I know a lot of people don't want to do this, though, or they don't believe they can. It's just too much. Just the idea of going back into pain is just too great. Or it feels too uh, terrifying. But it's actually, as a goal for yourself, um, very healthy and can open up your life again. It can give you back so many parts of yourself that have been blocked. There's this one doctor from the University of Pisa named Pietrini. Pietrini. Um, That was probably not the way it's pronounced, but... He believes forgiveness is actually the result of evolution. It's like the way we relieve our own mental suffering. It's like a a way to promote our survival. Because when you hold on to things, they just take energy. And they also take part of kind of an unfettered you, you know? Like it's like the stone on your windshield. So with that... This is part two, the why. Well, culturally, we are prone to hold grudges. I would say as like a me-focused generation, we tend to support our own rightness and really fixate on that in our like definition of what we should do and what the goal is. It's like, I got to prove I'm right and I got to win. It's like in film narratives, it's, I mean, we see revenge and justice and comeuppance and winning and being vindicated, but that isn't necessarily what leads to happiness and fulfillment. It's like, I don't believe revenge is something that makes you feel better in the long run than like wholeheartedly arriving at a place of forgiveness. If you could choose both of those in their ideal form, I would say forgiveness is the more rewarding of those two. Evolutionarily, our brain also has a negativity bias. Like, just by default we scan for what is wrong and what is threatening over what is good. Because it's more relevant to our survival mechanisms. And also, a lot of people are just not taught of taught the importance of forgiveness. It's not like something rewarded socially. I would say like a lot of people like bitching about stuff and they like complaining about other people and they like being told like, oh my God, you're so right. That's how we relate to other people. Not, we don't often say like, wow, today was really cool. I was wrong. I learned about myself. Not to brag, but I say stuff like that, but I don't think most people do. But that's something to aspire to. Is like, you know, hacking yourself and humbling yourself. I'm um, getting off my topic. Um, in addition to that, we hold on to what we receive as a personal threat, like a threat to self, a threat to our self-definition. And in reality, a lot of what hurts us and what we hold on to is just a thing that happened, and it happened coincidentally to us because it's a part of, you know, our life's path. But it it has nothing to do with us specifically, just happened to be us. But because we interpret it as a self-commentary, we allow things to wound us more deeply. And then that just feeling of this is because of me, or this is to me, this is my, this is something that was targeted at me, that becomes just The way we view things like that. That becomes our filter. It's like we, when we originally do that, that becomes like something, a groove that we just keep rehearsing. So when you hold on to wounds that you define as because of me, you filter other things in the same way more and more often. And you also glue that original belief in place, which means you let that original hurt define you and define some part of your story. And take up space in your person. It becomes like a part of you. So why forgive? Why choose to undo this or reinterpret this part of your groove? Well, first of all, it is good for your body. Forgiving lowers blood pressure and reduces strain on your heart. It also reduces depression, anger, stress, and it just contributes to a positive outlook overall. And the real reason to forgive is not for others or for health benefits. It's it's to change, to lighten yourself, like to to let go of the shit that's dragging you down. It's to do, um, it's to do something for yourself and give yourself some relief. So whether you're processing something really bad or you're actually letting past hurt go because you don't want to feel badness around somebody or something anymore. It's not something you should do because people say it's good to do. It's it's something it's not because somebody else is begging you. It's something you choose to do from a higher thought place, like a place of wisdom. And you decide it solo. And it requires nothing of the other person. So think of it like a personal relationship with yourself and an event in your life and how you orient yourself around that thing. I would say it really doesn't matter what or if you say anything to the other person, if it isn't, does involve another person. It might be even better not to, depending on your situation. Because by engaging, you ask someone else to participate which can sometimes muddle the process of defining a personal meaning. So when I say processing something or reclaiming something, it doesn't mean you have to acknowledge the validity of something. It doesn't mean you have to agree with the person or their reasoning or validate the act at all. It can be just as wrong and fucked up and should have never happened. It just means you you can choose to stop dedicating energy toward this thing. It's like you put the muscle spasm to rest in your personal memory. I like to think of it like you're closing a door that's been left open and you're instead now looking at it through that little window on the top of it. And you get to make a decision on how, what that new frame, what that new window is going to be. You get to write it. Like you get to decide and make sense in like the healthiest way what what that means to you what relevance that has to you now, and how you have been, how you've owned it. Like, you get to take an active role in the defining of this thing. And you get to cement that new story in a way that honors who you are and makes you the hero. A lot of us don't forgive because we think that if we let go of pain, that we are somehow dishonoring it. Like, we're saying it didn't mean something to us. And that can be like this weird innate fear, like this resistance that we can't even really quantify. But that is old. It's an old like, um, it's a a part of the trauma reaction to something that hurt us. And it's not true. Because all that you do when you choose to change your relationship to a, a big event in your life, specifically toward it, toward processing it and not letting it re-hurt you any longer is you get closer to the truth of that thing, and not the immediate pain it caused. You get your present back, meaning you in this moment, and not you layering on the interpretation of something, some past version of you, into your present. It's like the what you're holding on to is this this fear and this pain and and in a past moment. It's actually an imprint of an emotion that you are resistant to feel. It's not the objective reality of that thing. So like the muscle spasm, like you can't unflex it, but it's it's happened in the past and you're holding on to the resistance that occurred in the past, not the truth. So you are not in fact honoring it. You're, if anything, blocking yourself from really understanding it and processing it and and truly honoring it and m- when you hold on to something like that you accommodate it like your body protects it and shapes itself around it so it kind of stays there and draws energy from you and that is a lot of weight to carry around and most of the time it's not necessary It just seems like we have no other choice because it's too painful to actually go look at it again. And it has, uh, what I'm saying about letting something go or, or forgiving or processing has nothing to do, has no correlation whatsoever with the bigness of the event in your life. It will still be just as big and important and major. It just has, all it has to do with is how you choose to integrate that into your present. And I will say, regardless of how serious and terrible and awful that thing was, there are people who successfully move past the most horrific things imaginable. And I say that not to be like, you should be like everybody else. I just mean, if you want it for yourself, I believe it is possible, even in the most ridiculous, absurd cases in the world. So I would say for the sake of this episode, just stay open to the possibility um, that moving past this hurt is possible and preferable for you too. So what is important is rearranging where that information sits in your person so that you don't have to manage it or struggle to keep it at bay. Like it takes a lot of energy to control something that hurts us a lot. It's a a trigger that's like a raw spot. I will say in an average kind of non-trauma-based situation, when you rearrange, it just means being heard and seen by somebody and comforted and basically understood through um, and loved through a complete and, I would say, more mature or objective mourning process so you're basically going back into this thing and looking at it from a a much more objective vantage point and it helps when you have somebody with you that can give their insight as well because once you can mourn it with all of the information at hand it can actually allow you to put it in the right place in your own life story while purging all of the sadness that needs to be felt to honor it. However, for a lot of people with really extreme trauma, it's not possible to do that because your physical body is terrorized by the act of remembering. So you'll actually be unable to look back and feel the pain because of how intensely painful it is, like it'll cause you to leave your body. So if that sounds like you, I have some separate Tools, um, well, there's suggestions at the end of the tool section. So keep that in mind. Well, often, though, with the regular hurt trauma scenarios, it means confronting the thing that happened to you in a safe environment and basically getting upset for yourself, being like really sad and mourning the thing that happened to you. And Getting really, really pissed off, being like, "How dare this having happened? like, how this should not have happened to me? Like being able to activate your body and feel like upset. And I know this sounds weird, but it's like a healthy thing to do. You get angry so you can f- self-protect and actually feel the thing you weren't able to get to before, maybe because you were confused. So it's like you fully process the full gravity of something that happened. And that kind of requires a certain kind of perspective. Just you're you're healing a deep wound that has been protected and held on to. And then when you process it, you allow your body and your mind to let it go. It doesn't mean the same thing to you anymore. It's a thing that happened and it doesn't have to own you. So if you're still holding on to hurt or maybe you're holding on to hurt and anger, this thing is still owning part of you. And when you are in a therapist's office, you can actually get to that better because they'll just point your brain toward it. Like Basically, it's like trying to feel around in the dark until you get to that muscle spasm, and then you let it all out. You purge the feelings that are stuck there. It's almost like they are stuck in some part of your body. And that's easier when you're guided by a therapist, in my opinion. And once you do that, you get some new logic for that situation. And you have a more present and mature self to help you. So when you are able to bring new insights into an old hurt, you're not bound by that pain anymore in your perspective. Let's say that was a friend who wronged you or a loved one. You get to start examining this thing from a newer perspective with more truth, with access to more truth. So it's not, you're not looking at it from the, I'm so sad, how could they voice? But you're looking from the, this person is flawed and broken, and that is very sad for them place. Or I understand that that could have happened because of this factor and this factor, and it shouldn't have happened, and I'm very sad. And that's when you can really actually believe and innately know that it's not about you. It's just about a bunch of other factors, and uh, it just happened to happen to you, and it's not the sum of your life or who you are. So we are all, you know, it, it's, all, it's hard for everybody to do this kind of thing. But I believe if you want to do something like this for yourself, 100%, you can do it. And I think you should do it. Because when we're living in the pain, it just, it's like it colors your whole life and your whole worldview. And it's not worth it. And with letting go, you get you back again. You get your whole original self and more than that back again. So I would say it's a a profound and wonderful goal to have. So, with that, let's get to part three the tools. So, as I said, the process of forgiveness begins with just having the goal and choosing it for the right reasons. So, if something is fresh, like you just went through a breakup, know that you can't rush it. It just needs, you need space and time to heal and like basically accept and process pain. So the first tool I have for you is a journal exercise. And this is basically, I want you to grab your journal. It's a ritual goal setting practice. But I want you to start by scanning yourself and your life, your present life for any pain and anger, like any gripes that sting. Because once you can recognize where you're holding on to resentment or grievances, you can spot where you might need to to do some forgiving or some processing. And w- let's say you come up with like I've two or three relationships where I have pain and anger. The next part of this journal exercise is: I want you to describe a goal for yourself in a very ceremonious fashion. For example, use a fancy pen, and I want you to write it to yourself, like uh, almost like a a pledge, like something I'm going to do for myself. For me, it was: I choose to be free of the pain and suffering, and I just want to be okay. So, whatever it is. You get to decide what the thing you want for yourself is that you're going to work toward. That's the first tool. Second tool, I'm calling the blame filter. This is a little bit unrelated to that. This is not like a step two to the journal exercise. This is totally different. It's something to use in your casual, every day-to-day life. So we, when we have a habit of blaming, just like we get that, I feel like everybody has this habit of um, pointing out things that other people did wrong. And just be aware of that in yourself. Like, oh, can you believe they did such and such? And oh, people are stupid. Da, 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 da. Like That's just a kind of a go-to perspective a lot of people have. When we do that, when we stay in a state of blaming other things, we are actually protecting shame and longing in ourselves. And it's usually we're protecting ourselves from hurt feelings that somebody didn't love us or that we feel sad about something. So, when you notice somebody who's super harsh or judgmental, that's often, that's I would say most of the time what's going on in their brain. It's they're being self protective and that's like a knee jerk response to feeling vulnerable. What they're actually saying is, I don't want to feel bad. So, that's really just a filter. And I want you to just start applying it to yourself moving forward because the underlying softer feeling of vulnerability or hurt isn't as um, toxic and it passes very quickly. It's also not as intense. And when you can just recognize, rec- recognize, when you can recognize that that is the underlying feeling that's causing the other feeling, the self protective thing, then you can actually nurture yourself. And let it go immediately. Like, oh, I'm, it's just about recognizing um, I'm feeling powerless. That's what it is. That's the feeling. And as soon as you can recognize that, it goes away. It's so human and normal. However, when you blame, you hold on to something, you keep it, and you make it matter. And it, it like, actually becomes something that takes on more clout in your in your brain so it's like it's actually adding more pain to your to your body so instead feel the softer underlying smaller ouch just notice it and let it move through you by just acknowledging it honoring it as real and valid it's the second tool the third tool is kind of a biggie (laughs) it's kind of like discover the meaning of life that's the tool but it's, it's not. But it's, um, it's a reframing exercise. So I would say this is probably better for those who have a less traumatic hurt. But once again, grab your journal. So when you can figure out a different angle on your exact story, you can release the loop of thinking around something. Like, you, it doesn't define you in the same way. Like, my parents didn't love me. That's such a major loop to replay. And when you can reframe it, in a way that doesn't hurt, that's more like compassionate or higher or mature, that actually can be something that alleviates all of the pain you feel around that thing. So I want you to take, just as an experiment, take the pain loops you have and just try an exercise of reframing those stories in different ways. So start, the first one is, I want you to start by trying to take apart the motives of the person, let's say it's a person, the motives of the person who hurt you from different perspectives. And I will say, if you haven't gotten to the anger part of your pain of like processing, this is not advisable. So this is for people that have already felt the anger, and they're just still in the anger part. Um, so the goal is to come from a place that takes in more information that comes from compassion. So, for example, if your mom was a shitty mom, the new frame would be, my mom is a a very ignorant and helpless person who didn't have good parents herself. Which just is a way to take something that hurts you and make it into something that doesn't hurt you. And... The second version of this reframing exercise I want you to do is just take that sentence that you wrote down and change the story from you being a victim to you being a hero. For example, I had a shitty mom and I still came out so compassionate and self-loving and I overcame so much adversity to become such a, a great mom myself. That's how you become a hero and you're not like the, wah, my life Um, And a part of this exercise of reframing is just deliberately choosing to appreciate things that are good about the experience you had. So, like, I had the gift of having a very, a lot of early challenges that grew my personality. Like, focusing on good things is a decision. It's a choice. When you get stuck in hurt, you forget all of the positives. You, it just redefines things and it blocks out all of the actual good things. Like the shitty mom scenario, that will eradicate all of the things that were positive memory. Like she gave us ice cream, stuff like that. Like try and focus in on any notes you can take that salvage um, other parts of your life that have been blocked out by this thing. A friend of mine did a documentary on the reconciliation talking circles of post-Civil War Sierra Leone, and what they overcome with just this immediate forgiveness practice is shocking. Like, it's, it doesn't even make sense to me. I can't even fathom it. They're forgiving things that you're like, that's impossible. So my point is, you're capable of more forgiveness than you might think, but it starts with choosing it you want to shed this loop of thinking because it's hurting you, that's your, that's your decision to make. You get to choose it, and then it's just a process. And I would say do that. You have to do the mourning and grieving part too. It's not instead of. Just FYI. So the next tool is also an unrelated to that one. This is not linear. Tool number four, I'm calling the hurt key. Picture, like, a wrought iron key, and it's got a sad face on it. (laughs) And this is a key you're going to hand to your partner. So this is if you have, like, a committed relationship, such as for couples. It's basically a way to heal one another um, from hurts that occurred to you from your family of origin. So as an exercise with each other, name, trade stories, and name the hurts that you have. That were caused by your caregiver, and basically, you're what you're doing is you're handing them a key to healing the, your deepest wounds that had there were needs that never were met. So for me, that might be um, being seen and understood. Like that's a craving I constantly have is being seen and understood when um, I feel like I haven't been heard. That's a key for my partner to. To enact for me is making sure he always gets to the point of understanding where I'm coming from. That heals me to feel like I am completely seen and understood. So the goal with these keys is to use them in times around our old wounds deliberately for the sake of that other person. So that they can actually like let them go. Like we, we can actually meet each other's needs in a new way. And eventually they stop hurting us. So if you know you have baggage around body image um, or feeling, like, worthy, hand that key to your partner. And that partner can say as often as possible, like, you're the most beautiful person in the world. That's, like, a a healing key. My next tool, hang up the phone. (laughs) So this is for in the face of a person who still hurts you who you haven't forgiven and you're struggling because they're at, they're still in your life and they're causing you a lot of pain. So think of this like you're visiting them in prison and there's that like, you know, soundproof glass and you both have to pick up that phone to hear each other. You are allowed to have your own relationship with that person, regard, like hang up the phone. If they're hurting you, you don't have to hear them. You don't have to let what they say into your, your person or your life. You can still have a separate relationship to them that doesn't involve their words or their opinions or them currently. It's almost like you can just see them and in a loving way and choose how you want to involve them in your life. And it could be just like a visual presence of them. You can love them through the glass and not have to engage with them in a way that's unhealthy. I think one of the most powerful ways of having somebody in your life in a way that is healthy for you and you can make peace with that for yourself is to kind of say all you need to to them, like write it down and then burn it. Or... um Basically, like enact a ritual for your for, toward this person, but don't involve them. You don't have to engage them at all. You get to choose like the rules and the boundaries for your relationship, and you can actually wish them relief from their craziness and <clears throat> hope for their future that they will finally realize their error of their ways and forgive themselves. And you can basically say, um, I love you to them. But like by yourself, solo, it still has meaning. I think it's just like you have to have a healthy um, container for that person. And you get to choose what that presence means to you in your life and whether or not it's worth it. It could be just knowing they exist and sending them cards every once in a while, sending them loving gestures. Like that's still a relationship. You don't have to let them in to hurt you. It's all those terms are up to you. Up to you. Um, so just allow yourself to reinterpret what a relationship means. The next tool I have for you, I've put this in other episodes. I'm just going to throw it in there really quickly. It's a forgiveness prayer. I got this one from Marcy Shyamoff, but it's uh, Hawaiian. So this is something to say if something, I would say it's better for casual hurts. You say it on your own. If it's somebody that you feel regret around or remorse around or, or you have baggage with, basically picture them. Put your hand over your heart and say aloud, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And the forgive me part would be um, optional, I would say. I put that part optional in case it's like someone that really, you know, If it's, like, someone that really fucked you over, I wouldn't force that part. Um, You could just do the ending. Thank you. Or I send you love. Like, you can interpret it yourself. But just picturing them and then saying, like, release you or whatever. It actually does feel pretty good to do something like that. That's number six. (laughs) Number seven. The rawness test. So, uh, if you are... You're not sure if that steak is done. (laughs) Like, got to cut it open, right? So if you want to forgive, but you're just, you're still hurting and you're not sure, that's okay. Because it's a process. And sometimes it takes a while to get through all the anger and confront all the pain and really, like, accept it. And that's, I would say, best done with a therapist. And I've said that, like, 50 times now. But what happens when you get through it is you feel relief after just placing things in logical order. <clears throat> but if you're not shu- sure if you're ready to choose a goal of for- forgiveness, I wanted to give you a journal prompt to get you started. So grab your journal <clears throat> and your pen and paper. So, Dr. Leskin of the Stanford Forgiveness Project he did this, his book, I'll put the link to his book in the show notes, he has like a lot of great research on forgiveness, but he describes it as we all tell ourselves a grievance story around the hurt and why we are right and they are wrong. So I want you to start by describing in your journal your grievance story. Just what is the story you've been telling yourself about this thing in your life? Next question for your journal Is this hurt and blame interrupting or drawing joy away from my life? Next question. Do I have other goals that work in a different direction? Next question. Is the perpetrator of this hurt flawed or broken? Next question, do I want to choose to forgive or me so that I might get relief and have or have a semblance of this relationship with this person in my future? Basically, like, what are your reasons for choosing forgiveness? Next question, imagine yourself at the end of your life, and this is for if this is a person, imagine yourself at the end of your life. This person is now dying. Is there any small chance I will regret not choosing to forgive or process or reclaim this story today, right now? And last in my tool section, I wanted to give a couple of tips for the serious trauma types of scenarios. So if you have PTSD, um, you actually will have the parts of your brain that can access forgiveness and process empathy and view others, other people's perspectives is compromised by the actual trauma. So this is you're already operating at a disadvantage. A couple different therapies that I've read about that I think sound pretty awesome for dealing with um trauma emdr which um revolve like basically is like someone you don't even have to go through talking through your your memories somebody will like hold up their hand or their finger and like move it back and forth in front of your eyes and Somehow the way that your eye movement affects your brain allows you to process things that are normally intolerable, that normally cause you to dissociate. So look into it. I've, I think it sounds pretty awesome. Second one, biofeedback therapy, specifically neurofeedback. Like What that is is like an EEG. They stick the electrodes on your head, and you play a video game, but with your brain waves. And one thing that can happen is like... It, there are, like, a very finite number. Of, you don't have to do it forever. I think it's, like, something that people have been had success with, like, four sessions of this. But you're basically, like, rebalancing the brainwaves that are all out of whack because of the trauma. But in a way that is not related to rehashing shit. So if you have a tendency to disassociate or leave your body or not be able to deal with replaying things or talking about things, that's a good thing to look into. Another one that I've read about that I think is sounds amazing p b s b psychomotor therapy or basically you can google um psychodrama or theater th- theater related to therapy Psychodrama is a terrible word <laughs> sounds terrible, but I think I recommend this practice or types of these types of practices because it's a a one step removed way to reinterpret um your past experiences, even really gnarly intense ones, that gives you control over it in a new context. Uh, I learned about this one from Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score. He has a lot of information about reenactments and how we keep, like, structures stored in our brains and our bodies. Um, If you are in the West, if you're in SoCal, Southern California, There are types of, these types of workshops, they have them at Esalen. Um, I also recommend dream interpretation workshops. Um, but I would say just try something new. If you're stuck in a place of trauma and you are not into therapy, like, there are lots of other things out there that are known, that have, like, high success rates. I would try them out. I got a lot out of the dream interpretation workshop, personally. Um... So before I close, I want to thank my latest sponsors, Marianne and Jessica. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, to anybody that's looking for any more of the reading or some of my resources, I'm going to put some links in the show notes and then also the blog version on yaywithme.com. And anybody else, if you have time for a review or if if you could make a donation, I would love that. It's my goal to have this get to everyone who needs it. And when you write me a review or you support the podcast, it helps that be a more concrete possibility. So in closing, if you are hurting or you're confused about what you want to do, don't jump to the end of the process yet. Like, you don't have to solve for that yet. Just start with where you are today, right now, and what your first step might be. And maybe that's just simply scanning your body to identify where there's something that's got a hold on you from the past. Just recognize what is keeping you replaying hurt unnecessarily. Can you name that and just simply choose a goal of letting that go? Because that's a great place to start, just the recognition and the statement of a goal. That would be a great, huge, successful day. And once you start on that, that road toward the goal, it will lead you to where you need to go in your own time. It's just about keeping the awareness, um, and having compassion and openness with you as you go on this journey. And as long as your goal is to come from your highest self and choose what's best for you, even when it's hard, I believe you will absolutely get to where you need to go. Having been somebody who had to take the long road to forgiveness, um, I can tell you it's one of the most fruitful, wonderful things you will ever do for the rest of your life. You have no idea what lies on the other side of pain. And it's like we all think that we're in some way being true to ourselves by holding it, but we're actually denying ourselves a full life. Once you let it go, you get you back, and you get greater access to others, and basically the full spectrum of what is already around you that you're unable to enjoy. It means you remember a lot of who you, you are truly. Um, you get to enjoy all these new strengths you have, having overcome this thing. It's like you minus the pain and the stress of that state of defense. So I wanted to leave you with an invitation. An invitation to live um, healthier and lighter and just by simply choosing to forgive readily. It's really simple. Just in your everyday life, have it top of mind. Make it just something you aspire to do to forgive people in your life as soon and as often as possible because it's just one of those bad habits and it's not serving you or your life's happiness or your your, your truest focus in life it's not on your road toward happiness so if your wife says something shitty just remember she's in a shitty mood and forgive immediately if someone cuts you off Remember, they are likely mentally unstable. Forgive readily. Make that a deliberate and conscious choice to not keep anything toxic and stupid and trivial in your body. Because you can. That is a habit you can create for yourself. And it's just about remembering that that's what you want to do. Like, I get to choose to let this go. Because living your life happily is the best revenge. Not caring or giving something negative another ounce of energy is what that thing deserves. When you engage, you honor someone in the process. So choose higher. Choose to live at your own kind and loving bar for humanity. So with that, I hope this helped, and I send you much strength and inspiration. Smile.